Blog Talk Radio. Praise God and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. We want to thank all of our listening audience for listening to us. We're going to have a song by Evangelist Janice Taylor, and after that, she's going to bring the word for one hour and 59 minutes. Once this song is over, she will be bringing the word. International. 
And um, you can find us on the web at www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com or you can look, uh, email us at jet245 at msn.com. Our mailing address, if you still use snail mail, is P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105. And if you would like to send a donation to this ministry, you can do so uh, through PayPal or through Zelle. Just use this email address for the ID code, which is jet245 at msn.com. I'd like to invite you to tune in to our prayer line. We have a powerful prayer warrior, a group of uh, a, a powerful prayer line. We are a group of prayer warriors. We come together Monday through Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The phone number, if you'd ever like to join us, is area code 425-436-6333, and the code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. Again, that's the Sweet Hour of Prayer, Monday through Saturday at 12 noon, Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The area code is 425-436-6333, and the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. So we are inviting you to join us, and now let's go to the Word of God for tonight's message, which is the shaking, the shaking. So we're going to start out in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter uh, 12, glory be to God. Very familiar passage of scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, starting at the 25th verse. And it says, actually, uh, the 26th verse, in the middle of the 26th verse, it says, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably, with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Glory be to God. So I want to talk about the shaking, the shaking, the shaking. Glory be to God. We can see that a lot of things have been happening in our nation as well as in our world, and um, I don't know whether you know it or not, but... uh, most of these things are of the beginning of the shaking. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Uh, and um, this is uh, always going to happen in the natural first. We saw uh, the, uh, wasn't an earthquake, but it was a, a hurricane, we know. 
and uh, it came down the East Coast. It made its way down the East Coast, and more than a million people were without light and power, and um, that struck me to be very significant. More than one million people on the eastern seaboard were without light and power. Now, you may say, oh, that's just a natural phenomenon, but these things manifest naturally first, and then uh, they have spiritual, spiritual uh, 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 implications. So I just want to talk to you from the word, first of all, um, the word of God, starting at the 21st verse, says, see, 25th verse, see that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Who is him that speaketh? That is the Lord Jesus Christ. For if they escape not him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. And we know that God spoke from heaven on several occasions, but the most uh, uh, prominent time that he spoke was when Jesus was baptized and the Bible says the heavens opened and they heard a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. And then this voice also spoke again on when the, they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. So it's God that's speaking, and uh, the Apostle Paul is saying, don't refuse him. Don't refuse the one that spoke from heaven, glory be to God, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I will shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifies the removal of those things that are shaken as of things that are made. I, 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 I would like to insert a word there, man-made, glory be to God, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, seeing, wherefore we receive in a kingdom which, is, which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And then the last verse says, for well, our God is a consuming fire. So uh, 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 Paul was saying to the church that there's going to be a shaking. Um, there have been many shakings before, but there's going to be another shaking. And he said, and this shaking it's going to shake everything that can be shaken so that only that which cannot be shaken might remain. Now, when we think of this, we think of, I, I, I picture a tree, a tree that's loaded with fruit, so to speak. And um, the fruit looks good. It looks ripe. It looks uh, 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 edible. It looks ready to be eaten. But only the Lord knows. So what he does is he shakes the tree. The fruit is attached to the tree, but he's going to shake the tree to shake out everything that 
is not profitable for the kingdom of God. In other words, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And so I, uh, when I think about this, I'm, 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 I'm uh, thinking about, you know, um, things that are built up by man, ministries and, and all these things that, that, that look good. They, they have the uh, uh, right sound. They've got the uh, 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 right color. It all looks good. But when you shake it, you find out what is rooted and grounded in the Lord, what is built on the rock and rooted and grounded in him versus that which is man-made. So uh, there is a shaking that's going on. God is the shaker, and he's going to shake the entire earth. And this speaks of exposure, things that have been hidden in darkness is going to be exposed, and everyone and everything that is not founded upon Christ, the solid rock, will be shaken. Glory be to God. There will be ways of destruction and ways of glory. Now, uh, you say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Well, we know what ways are. Those are the big uh, 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 billows in the ocean, and there's going to be waves of destruction, but there will also, out of the waves of destruction, come waves of glory. You see, it seems to me that people have to be shaken before <clears throat> they will awaken. Glory be to God. Now, I'm not talking about this woke movement. I'm talking about people who have uh, been lulled to sleep by uh, 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 by the enemy? Matthew, Matthew chapter thirteen. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know that's the devil, but I rebuke him now in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter thirteen talks about it, so I'm going to go there and read this for you because it talks about um, the church. It's very specific to the church. And it says, but while men slept, <clears throat> his enemy came in. I rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get out of my voice. Get out. Get out of my voice. While men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tears? He said unto them, An enemy have done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say that in a Say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. Now, the tares are the unprofitable things. They are in the house of God. They are the programs. They are the shows. They are the entertainment. They are all these things that are in the house of God that should not be in the house of God. 
they are not profitable for uh, the believers. They're not going to strengthen us. They're not going to build us up. They won't edify us. All these things will do is tickle your flesh. And he says, so we're going to bind those things in bundles to burn them. These are the chairs. They have come into the house of God. The enemy sold them in the house of God. <laughs> and I am certain that many of you have seen these things. <laughs> you have seen the things that have managed to make its way in the house of God. You've seen the comedy shows. You've seen the fashion shows. You've seen uh, all of these contests, these talent shows. and You've seen all these things that don't belong in the house of God. They've even brought in something they, that don't even make sense. It's an oxymoron. They call it Christian yoga. There's no such thing as Christian yoga. They bring it into the house of God and want to attach the name of Christ onto it so that they won't feel guilty about what they're doing. But these things are not of God, and they have no place in the house of God because Jesus said, my father's house shall be a house of prayer. So people have brought these things into the house of God and made them seem like, oh, this is worship. You know, they even, they've gotten so far, they started having Super Bowl Sunday and uh, Hallelujah Night uh, on Halloween night, doing all these things uh, where the children come and dress in uh, costumes, uh, Bible costumes. They give them candy. It's the same thing they're doing on Halloween. They just dress in the demonic costumes. So uh, if that is your way to uh, combat Halloween, you are sadly mistaken because, really, you're giving credence to Halloween just by doing this. If you want to do something uh, with your youth on Halloween night, bring them to church. Teach them to pray. Pray against the wickedness. Pray against uh, the warlocks and the wicked. Pray for salvation. Pray for lost souls. If that is what, if God tells you to do something for Halloween, do that. Don't bring the children and and, 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 and have a, a, a copycat service of what the devil is doing on Halloween night. We don't need to do any of that. I'm sure you give your children enough candy to last them throughout the year. So we don't need to have Hallelujah night. As a matter of fact, Hallelujah night is every night. We, we don't need to bring nothing into the house of God and call it Hallelujah night. What is that? Why are we uh, trying to compete with the world? And we say, don't bring the children into the church and let them have Hallelujah night, then they're going to want to go trick-or-treat. Teach your children the truth. Teach them that Halloween is a satanic holiday and that it is not to be celebrated by the people of God. Teach them about the, the, Celts, the uh, Celtic people and the Druids. Teach them the origins of these things, and then teach your children how not to participate in these things. Teach your children why God said 
not to participate in these things. But instead, we are so afraid that if we don't do what the devil is doing with the children, we're going to lose them. But I'm going to tell you something. If you do what the devil is doing, you've already lost the children. You don't need to uh, uh, have a hallelujah night. Hallelujah shouldn't have no resemblance to Halloween. If we're going to have hallelujah night, it's prayer time. Let's get on our knees. Let's call upon the name of the Lord. Let's pray against uh, all of the satanic rituals that are being taken place. Tell, tell them how the devil sacrifices children on Halloween night. Teach the children the truth. I don't know why we feel like we need to tell our children lies. That's the same with the Easter Bunny. I don't know why Christian parents are participating in that. Glory be to God. When we know that it's not about a bunny at all, that's a pagan uh, 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 ritual. We celebrate, believers celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't get into that foolishness. So I don't know why Christians are too afraid to tell their children the truth about these things. So we see here in Matthew that he said, bind the tares. All these things have crept into the church. And he said, bind the tares in bundles to be burned. They're going into the fire. What fire? You know the fire. It is called hell, the lake of fire. Glory be to God. Where the Bible says there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So what we have to do is teach our children the truth, which is the word of God. And then he said, but gather the wheat. You see, there are two roads in life. There's a broad road and a narrow road. You find this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And it talks about that broad road, and it says there are many that are on this road, but it leads to destruction. And then it talks about but the narrow way. The narrow way, he said there be few that find it. And this road leads to eternal life. So while people are in the church, just because they're in the church don't mean they're saved. Don't mean they're going to heaven. You can be in the church on your way to hell. Why? Because you don't have relationship with Jesus Christ. You haven't repented of your sins, and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So the free gift of salvation is made available to all. But if you just go into church and have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you can go to hell sitting right in the church. I know somebody listening to me tonight don't like that, but I have to tell you the truth because I don't want your blood to be on my hands. So he said, bind them, the tares, <clears throat> bind them in bundles, but gather the wheat into my barn. The tares are the unprofitable things that have been planted, sown into the house of God. The scripture says, but while men slept, came and sowed tares among the wheat. So these things are going on in the house of God. They look like wheat. They act like wheat. Uh, they can shout like wheat. Uh, some of them can talk in a tongue. I didn't say it was 
Holy Spirit tongues, but they could muck up, make up some mumbo-jumbo and sound just like the saints of God. But guess what? It, it's a cheap imitation. And so the enemy came in and planted things in the church that do not belong in the church. We don't need to have um, comedy shows in the church. Why? Because there's nothing funny about hell. People have family members that are unsaved and on their way to hell. They are lost. And if these young people, and all of them are not young, some of them are old, if they died without knowing Jesus Christ, but they sat in the church while the church was having a Christian comedy, that is not going to profit them at all. Glory be to God. So the Bible says, my father's house, this is what Jesus said, father's house shall be a house of prayer. Well, you have made it a den of thieves. You see, you're robbing people when you don't uh, uh, preach the gospel, when you don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're having all these anniversaries and all of these programs, and we even have bowling night and bingo night and all these things for the children or for the young people. But let me tell you something. The house of God is the house of God, not the house of entertainment. So uh, we saw how Jesus responded to that. He threw the money changers out the temple. He whipped them with a scourge and threw them out of the temple because he was righteously indignant about what he saw going on in his father's house. So we see these things and worse going on in the temple today. And God said there's going to be a shaking. I'm going to turn right now to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 8, because I don't want you to think I'm making these things up. Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 3 through 16. And this is what it says. It says, and he put forth the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head, and the spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven and brought me into the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looketh toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoked to jealousy. Behold, the glory of God of Israel was there according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Then he said unto me, Son of man, <clears throat> lift up your eyes now the way toward the north. So I lifted up my eyes to the way toward the north, and behold, northward at the gate of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. Now, there was uh, uh, an idol at posted at the gate. That's what he's saying. And he said, furthermore unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do, even the great abominations that the house of Israel commit? So God was saying, look what they are doing in my house. And he said that I should go far off from my sanctuary, but turn yet again. In other words, wait, There's if you think that's bad, let me show you this. He said, but turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abomination. And he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, 
a hole in the wall. Then he said unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in, and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of God portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before him 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel, 70 of the elders. And he said to me, um, 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, even every man with his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? In other words, these were their secret sins, every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, The Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. He said unto me also, Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. Behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about twenty and five men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they worshiped the sun toward the east. Now the Lord said, look at all this stuff, this ungodly, wicked stuff, abominable things that they are doing in my house. They are worshiping the sun, 25 elders worshiping the sun. Then you got the women there weeping for Tammuz, a false deity. Then you got the 70 elders. They in there uh, doing all sorts of things. And he said, uh, 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 they are doing these things in my house, but they're doing it in the dark. They think I can't see them. He said, but I see all this stuff, and I am not pleased with it, and therefore my glory have departed from the house of the Lord. So this shaking, <clears throat> which has already begun, this shaking has already begun. God is going to shake out everything that can be shaken so that only that which cannot be shaken will remain. Now, he is going to shake out wickedness, unrighteousness. God's going to tear down everything that man has built. If it's not founded upon the rock, it's not of God. He's going to tear down these mega messes that they call mega ministries. He's going to tear down these giant edifices. It doesn't matter how big the church is. It don't matter how much uh, uh, millions was paid to build it. If it is not founded upon the rock, it's nothing but stubble. Anyway, and God's going to shake these things. He's going to shake this nation. 
He's going to shake the nations. He's going to shake the churches. He's going to shake every household. God is going to shake us. Glory be to God. So that only that which cannot be shaken would remain. Glory be to God. You see, God is not pleased with what is going on in his house. Now, he has given us every opportunity to prove who's on the Lord's side. And those who are not on the Lord's side will be swallowed up in the shaking. The house of God has been made everything but a house of prayer. There's entertainment. There's fashion shows. There are comedy clubs. There are theaters. Uh, all sorts of things. I, I have never seen so much crazy stuff that people are bringing in the house of God. Now, when I was a little girl, uh, they used to have the Rainbow Club and uh, the Flower Club. And, you know, those things were to, uh, the Flower Club, I know, was to beautify the church with flowers. Okay, but now they're having all these things. They had these rainbow teas, and, and now they're having all these anniversaries. And it amazes me how there's nothing wrong with celebrating a church or a pastoral anniversary. But it should only be one day. It should not last for months and months and months. And um, it should only be one anniversary, not the choir anniversary and the usher board anniversary and the deacon board anniversary, then the trustees anniversary, and then all these willing workers club anniversaries. You see, that is what brings division in the house of God. God that a house divided cannot stand. So there's only to be, if you're going to celebrate uh, a, a, a ministry's anniversary, celebrate, make it one anniversary, the church pastoral anniversary, and let that be it. It's not about the pastor. So we don't even need to have the pastor's anniversary. You know, in some instances, the pastor has been a pastor longer than um, the church has been in existence. So let's just say the church has been in existence for five years. So then you're going to have a five-year church anniversary. But then the pastor's been a pastor for 15 years. Then you're going to celebrate a 15-year pastoral anniversary. Nowhere in Scripture. Are we to celebrate anything about the pastor, not the pastor's birthday, not the pastor's anniversary, not his wife's birthday, none of that. That is not biblical. And we bring these things into the house of God, and it's after the traditions of men. It is not of God. So if the church is going to have an anniversary, celebrate one anniversary. That is the church's anniversary. If the church has been in existence five, ten years, two, three years, celebrate that anniversary. We don't need to make it about people. It's not about us. I'm just glad to be saved. I'm glad to be called. I'm glad God chose me. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. And it's all about money. All of those things are about money. This is how we're going to raise money for the pastor. This is how we're going to raise money. The Bible says, 
except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So in other words, all of these things that man has built up, he's got all these programs, he's got all this stuff, all of these rituals, all of these traditions of men, all of these things that he has built up, God said, I'm about to tear them down because I'm going to shake the church. I'm going to shake the nations. I'm going to shake the churches. I'm going to shake the ministries. I'm going to shake every individual household. I'm going to shake it, saith the Lord. And only that which remains. That's the unshakable part. Only that which remains. Everything else, if it's not rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus, it's going to be shaken. And it's going to be removed. That's what the shaking is for. It is for the removal of those things that have crept them their way into the house of God. This is the separation. And it's coming. It's coming. It's as a matter of fact, it has already begun. Things are being shaken. Ministries are being shaken. Nations are being shaken. Churches are going to be shaken. Because God said enough of this stuff. He's had enough of it. He has no place in the house of God. We're celebrating men and women more than we celebrate God. In other words, we're doing what Romans said. They began to celebrate the creature more than the creator. And God is jealous. So he said that the house of God has been made everything but a house of prayer. It's entertainment, it's fashion, it's comedy, it's theater. It's anything that makes this flesh feel good. Instead of us humbling ourselves, falling on our faces before God because of our sinful ways, we walk in pride and arrogancy when we should be weeping between the porch and the altar over the sins of our nation. America is a very sinful nation. And I don't care how you slice it, dice it, fry it, or diet. God's going to judge this nation. You say, well, we do a lot of good things. There are countless people doing good things, giving money, uh, charitable contributions. We're known for that, but we're also known for other things that we have done, evil things. We abort babies. We say same-sex marriage is okay when we know these things are not of God. They are totally contrary to the word of God. We pray mischief by a law. So God is separating the wheat from the tares. He is exposing nakedness and secret sin. We have committed spiritual adultery on God. It's in the church. People are cheating on God because they have made secret vows and covenants with idols. 
and secret organizations, yet they claim to be married to the Lord. You cannot be married to the Lord and to an idol at the same time because God is jealous. You can't two-time God. So there's going to be a shaking. That is going to shake Freemasonry out of the church. All these uh, 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 sororities and secret societies and fraternities out of the church and how the people have brought this so-called Christian yoga into the church, it will be shaken out of the church. These things have no place. And we become so playful now. The Bible says the people ate, drank, and rose up to play. Now we got gymnasiums in the church, pastors forming basketball teams in the church. And there's nothing wrong with young men playing basketball, young men or young women, but it doesn't belong in the house of God because Jesus was emphatic when he said, my father's house shall be a house of prayer. All these things are distractions. They keep us from the word of God. And then you have the nerve to, to uh, uh, implement a Super Bowl Sunday. You bring a big screen TV into the sanctuary, and everybody comes in with their uh, 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 favorite team's outfit on, and you have uh, what is known as Super Bowl Sunday. You watch the Super Bowl in the sanctuary where God is supposed to be worshipped. God forbid. All these things are going to be shaken right out of the church. Why? Because God is jealous. He alone is God. And he gave his only begotten son to die on Calvary's cross to save us from our sins. Glory be to God. His blood was shed. Life is in the blood. Glory be to God. God couldn't give us no thing greater. He gave his only begotten son. Jesus died for us so that we could live. How dare we trample upon the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood in the body of Jesus Christ, and make it of no effect. There is no more repentance for sin after that. He reconciled us, and there's nothing greater that he could do, and yet we take it and we turn it into a thing. We turn the house of God into a thing of entertainment. We profess salvation, but we don't possess it. We have allowed unholy things, unholy practices and rituals, the traditions of men to creep into the Lord's house abominable things that God despises. The shaking has already begun. God's going to shake out prayerlessness. Prayer meeting is now the least attended meeting in the church today. Why? Because people don't have time to pray. They don't have time to seek God's face. They don't have time to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. See, that takes too long. Oh, I, I just got time for a little quick, uh, say a little quick prayer. I ain't got time for all that. We don't want to wail and travail before the Lord. 
So people are forced to lean to their own understanding. There's no power in the house of God today because people are saying they're so stuck in their traditions. They're they so bent on. This is how we've always done it. False prophets who do not preach the message of salvation, but they preach the false gospel of prosperity. And they have deceived and hoodwinked God's people out of their money. They have flim-flammed the people of God. It's called trickery by larceny. Third John chapter 2 says, Beloved, I would above all that thou would prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. Uh, 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 this is a parallel. He was saying that I want to see you prosper and be in good health at the same proportion that your soul prospers. And people have taken that scripture and twisted it and made it to be uh, uh, something to, to make merchandise out of God's people. God is not pleased with this. And we have listened to these false prophets, and they have come in and just like the Pied Piper and just lulled the church to sleep, led us away from God. Because now everybody's running after money. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't pay for salvation. It is a free gift. God already gave us heaven's best. Jesus paid it all. But the false prophets have come in and lied to the people of God, saying, thus saith the Lord. I talked about it last week, the indictment. God said, I have not spoken to them. I ain't said nothing to them. They couldn't even hear the voice of God if he were to speak. Why? Because God is not going to talk to people that don't worship him. You got to be in relationship with him. So they preach this false gospel of prosperity. They love God, uh, uh, love the world instead of God. I want to look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Let's look at that. And this is what it says. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abiding forever. See, they don't love God. They love the world. And he said, God specifically said, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Pride. God hates pride. And that, this includes gay pride. God's going to shake out the wickedness that has lodged itself 
in God's house. The house of God should be a house of light, and it has become a house of darkness. I just read for you over in um, Ezekiel how they, they were doing these deeds in the dark. But the Bible tells us that the day and the night is the same with God. So it doesn't matter if the lights are on or, or the lights are off. He is the light. This is why he said, walk in the light as he is in the light. We are to be children of light. Glory be to God. You cannot serve God and mammon. First Timothy 6 and 10 says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. It didn't say that money was the root. It is the love of money. When we make money the most important thing in our services, we have created an idol. An idol is anything that you put before God. Always be about souls, the souls of the people. God will take care of his house. Everybody's talking about bishop this and apostle this and 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 how many how many uh uh, uh how big our church is and how many seats the church can hold and this that and the other. But nobody is talking about the souls, soul winning. That's the name of, that's, that's what this is all about. It's about soul winning. That's what salvation is about. That's why we preach the gospel. Foolishness of preaching that wins souls. The church is not a business. And we try to run it like a business. It is not a business. This is ministry. Flesh must die. We have what is known as Christian celebrities. And they charge exorbitant preaching fees. They won't come to your church unless you got a uh, $40,000, $50,000. Spirit of Achan. Yeah, that's the spirit of Achan found in Joshua chapter 7. Let's go there. Joshua chapter 7. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read from the first verse, and then I'll jump around a little bit. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed. Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. All right, so they went up to this place called Ai, Ai, and they fought a battle that they should have won hands down, but they lost this battle. So Joshua went before the Lord and asked the Lord, what happened? Why did we lose this battle? And the Lord told Joshua, Israel has sinned. And they have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have taken of the accursed things and have also stolen. God, have mercy and dissembled also. And they have put it among their own stuff. So God told Joshua exactly what the problem was. He said, Israel has sinned and they have 
stolen. My God, he called them out. And then he said, and they, they took it apart. They dissembled it so that they could hide it among their own stuff. But therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. You see, sin is cursed. And when you participate in sin, you are accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed from among you. And so God told Joshua, get up from there. Sanctify yourself. He said, there's an accursed thing in the midst of thee. Glory be to God. And he told Joshua, people together, call them out family, but tribe by tribe, family by family. He said, and you're going to find it. He said, and it shall be that he that's taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire. You see, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Somebody sinned and somebody had to die. So Joshua rose up early in the morning, and he brought Israel by their tribe, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of Zirites, and he brought the family of the Zirites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done, and hide it not from me. And answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God. He said, when I saw the spoils, a goodly Babylonianish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So he confessed it, and now look what happened. And Joshua and all Israel took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold, and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said unto him, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall surely trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. You see, Joshua uh, uh, Achan did not just sin against the Lord. Unto himself He sinned against the Lord Against his whole family They were all Wiped out because Achan got greedy He had uh, What is known as The lust of the flesh The lust of the eyes And the pride of life 
He disobeyed God. God told him when they went to fight, don't take anything. He took what he wanted, and he took it apart and hid it underneath the ground in his tent. But you can't hide anything from God. So there was a shaking that day. God shook out Israel tribe by tribe, family by family, household by household, until he got down to the man that was guilty. And it was Achan. Achan had stolen. And he got his whole family wiped out that day. They were stoned to death and burned. Their 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 uh bones were burned with fire. Why? Because of greed. He saw it. He lusted for it. He wanted it. He stole it, and it cost him his life. It would have been something if it would have just been taken. Whole family's life. See, no man is an island. No man sinneth unto himself. Then let's look at Gehazi. He did a similar thing over in 2 Kings. Glory be to God. He did a similar thing. Hallelujah. And it cost him. Hallelujah. 2 Kings, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I love you. 2 Kings chapter 5. Verse 20 through 27. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master have spared Naaman the Syrian in not receiving at his hand that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me. But he lied because Elisha did not send him, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garment. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver. You see, the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. He took the two uh uh the silver in two bags and two changes of garment and laid upon two of his servants and they bared them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed him in the house. And he let the men go, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, Whence cometh thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. He lied again. He said he hadn't been nowhere. And he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee? When the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments 
and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants, the leprosy, therefore of Naaman, shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. He stole by lying. He obtained gifts by lying. He said Elisha sent him. Elisha refused Naaman's gifts. He had healed uh, 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 Naaman of leprosy, but he said no. He wouldn't take anything for it. Glory be to God. Although he could have, but he said it wasn't a time for receiving gifts. Glory be to God. And Gehazi just couldn't pass it up, ran after him, took two talents of silver from the man. He said, my, my master sent me to get it. And then he took change of clothes. And the leprosy that the man of God had taken off of Gehazi came on him and his seed forever. They were lepers. Why? All because of the love of money. You see, this is what's going on in the house of God today. There is such a strong love of money. People will lie, steal, kill, cheat, do anything to get money. So they don't have a problem standing in the house of God with smooth tongues and tell you that the Lord said, give them $1,000 when the Lord have not said this. And you yourselves ought not be that gullible, especially if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You ought to know if God told you to give $1,000, because if he did, he'll tell you first. So greed and lust, God's going to shake it out of the house of God. Let's talk about sexual sin. Turn with me very quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Glory be to God. Now, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, that sexual sin ought not once be named among us. But it is. It's not even supposed to be. But let's look at chapter 6 and verse number 9. Glory be to God. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, says Paul, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, that was a sodomite, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Let's drop down to verse 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. You see, the scriptures tell us in 1 Peter uh, 1 and 16, be ye holy, for I am holy. Holiness is still the standard. It's still right. 
God has never taken down his standard. He's never said, oh, you can do a little bit of this and a little bit. Never once. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. So we have to be holy because we say that we are the children of God. And his blood has made us, has washed us, and cleansed us. So we have no reason to return to our sins like a dog returns to his vomit. He said, be ye holy. I heard a preacher say this last week. He said that he was going to have to preach another gospel. He said he could preach uh, don't fornicate to the new converts, to the young people. But he said to those that's used to getting them a little bit, he has to preach another gospel. Now, I want to read to you what the Bible says about that, because I don't want you to think that I'm giving you my opinion. I'm going to give you all scripture. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. As we have said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of God. You see, that's what's happening today. They're preaching the itching ear messages, and they seek to please the people. So now the preachers don't want to tell the people that they got to live holy. They don't want to tell the people that none but the righteous shall see God. They don't want to tell the people that uh, to abstain from fornication. They don't want to tell the people that. So they preach this itching ear message, which this preacher said he had to preach to them another gospel. And that means he is already accursed. There's a lack of teaching and a lack of preaching on holiness. Glory be to God. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, and we're going there now. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 16. Follow peace with all men, and holiness without, which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane, and that word means godless, as Esau, <clears throat> who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. You see, the Bible is forbidding us, forbids us to fornicate. But yet the pastors, they afraid they lose members today anymore. But 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says, Be ye steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, as ye know your labor is not in vain. You preachers that are still holding steadfast, hold steadfast to the truth. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Your membership might dwindle, but that is due to the great falling away. 
God's got a righteous remnant. And if you stay true to the gospel, if you continue to preach holiness and righteousness, it doesn't matter who's with you or who is against you. As long as you are following the word of God and preaching and teaching what is written in the scriptures, you're in good standing. Glory be to God. You see, whoever and whatever is not built upon the rock, it will not stand in this shaking. It will not stand because this shaking is from God himself. He said, yet once more, glory be to God. God is going to shake the heavens and the earth. He's going to shake everything that can be shaken. Glory be to God. Glory, hallelujah. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7 and 25. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I'm just loving this. There's a shaking going on. You ought to tell somebody. You need to call somebody and tell them there's a shaking going on. Hallelujah. It says, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell, for it was, it fell not. Let me read it again. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. That rock is Christ Jesus. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You see, if your house is built on the sand, when the shaking begins, it's going to fall. But if it's built on the rock, glory be to God, which is Christ Jesus, the rock that is higher than I, it will stand. The wind may blow. The floods may come. The rain may come. It will beat against that house, but because it is rooted and grounded in the Lord, it will stand. Glory be to God. Because only what you do for Christ will last. Every house that is not rooted and grounded firmly in the truth of God's word is going to fall. Only God's word is the truth. There is no such thing as my truth or your truth. There is only one truth, and it is the word of God, the holy and infallible word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain forever. Matthew 24 and 35. Let's look at that. Matthew 24 and 35 says, glory be to God. Oh, I love it. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. The word of God is eternal. It's, why? Because God is his word. The scripture said, and the word in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Glory be to God. No one can change the Word of God. It is eternal. 
You can't burn it out. You can't rub it out. You can't stamp it out. You can't wipe it out. You can't wash it out. You can't write it out. You cannot alter the word of God one iota. God's word is forever settled in heaven. And God is going to shake the church. And he's going to shake out wickedness and filth and self-righteousness and pride and lust and secret sin and jealousy and envy. And he's going to shake out haughtiness and every lying spirit and deception and entertainment. And he's going to shake out the flesh. God's going to get the flesh out of the church because there is no good thing in our flesh. It is profitable for nothing. That's why this flesh is going back to the dust. Glory be to God from whence it came. Hallelujah. But the spirit is going to live forever. It's going to live in eternity heaven or in eternity hell. Glory be to God. And you have to make your choice now. You're either going to live by God's word, you're either going to obey the word of God, or you're just going to go ahead and live your way. Do it your way and see where you end up. It won't be a good place. I can promise you that. There will be ways of glory and ways of destruction. The ways of glory will actually come out of the ways of destruction. You see, whenever God chastised Israel, a revival always followed. The people repented, and they came back to the Lord, and there was a celebration. Glory be to God. We're trying to put the cart before the horse. We want to celebrate, but we have not repented. Glory be to God. We have not wept between the porch and the altar. We have not fasted. We have not travailed. We have not laid on our face before God. Glory be to God. Lay prostrate before him because we know we are not worthy to even be in his presence. John said, there's one coming after me who was before me, and I am not even worthy to lace his sandals. He knew. He knew who Jesus was, and he knew who he was. And Jesus, John, was Jesus' first cousin. He was born six months before Jesus was born. But he knew that Jesus was greater than him. He knew that Jesus was the Christ. And he humbled himself. So revival will come out of the ways of destruction. Not these little pockets we've been seeing. Because there have been little pockets of revival breaking out here and there. Oh, I'm talking about a major revival. I'm talking about a worldwide revival where people will feel the Lord again. There will be a godly and reverential fear that comes back upon the church. I'm not talking about the world. The world is the world, and it's going to be the world, and it's going to do what the world does. I'm talking about God's people. They're going to shake and quake again and tremble in his presence because they know that God is holy, and he is not to be trifled with. Glory be to God. God is shaking out the money changers and the false prophets He's going to shake it up on Shata, shake them right out of his church. And he will expose their nakedness. He's going to shake out every liar. 
even the liars in the pulpit. He's going to shake them out from the White House to the outhouse. He's going to shake out the secret sins. Oh, the exposure has already begun. The conversation and the plots and the plans. Glory be to God. God's going to shake it and snatch the covers off of them. The wind, the spiritual wind, hot, the wind of the spirit, it's already blowing. Even in the White House, secret sins are being exposed. The shootings, all these, the pandemics, all of these things, the child sex trafficking, the spiritual wickedness that's in high places, glory be to God. We're going to have to go back on our knees. We're going to have to go back on our knees and cry out to the Lord. Glory be to God. God's going to shine the spotlight on us. And it's time for us, those who know how to pray, glory be to God, to begin to pray God's word. Touch me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Glory be to God. I'm telling you, church, I'm warning you, the shaking has begun. Tonight's message is the shaking. Hallelujah. And God's going to shake everything. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken may remain. I pray God's blessing upon you. I pray that you receive this word tonight. I pray, almighty God, that you take heed to it. Those of you that listen to the sound of my voice, that you take heed to this message and that you will not dismiss this. This message is from God. I received two confirmations concerning this message, confirmation. So I'm just telling you what the Lord is saying. I hear the voice of God saying there's going to be a shaking. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. You can find us on the web at www. Dot walls of fire deliverance min dot com. Hallelujah. Our mailing address is P.O. Box one one four eight Walkertown, North Carolina, two seven one oh five. Our uh, email address is JET two four five at MSN dot com. If you would like to sow a seed, if you are being blessed by this ministry. Always tell people where you are being blessed. If you are being blessed by this ministry, I want you to sow, to sow a seed as the spirit of the Lord direction. I will never coerce or try to force or trick anyone through deceit into sowing into this ministry. You be led of the Lord. You pray and ask God, should I sow into this ministry? And if the Lord leads you to sow in this ministry, there are two ways you can do so. You can sow through PayPal or through Zelle. 
Glory be to God. And I'm a firm believer that you should sow where you are being fed. Glory be to God. If this ministry is feeding you, this is where you should sow. Now, if you're a member of a church, you should sow your tithes and offering to your church. But if you are not and you don't have a church home and you are tuning into this ministry basis, this is where you need to be sowing. So you can do that through PayPal or through Zelle. And the PayPal um, email address to use is jet245 at msn.com. You can join us for the sweet hour of prayer, Monday through Saturday at 12 noon, and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The number for the sweet hour of prayer is area code 425-436-6333, and the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. Again, sweet hour of prayer is Monday through Saturday, 12 noon, and Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the phone number is area code 425 or three six six three three three, and our access code is seven one six five zero five zero. If you need prayer for you, if you just want to listen in, you are welcome to do so. What and if you'd like to pray, you are certainly welcome to join us in prayer. But join up with a group of prayer warriors who are praying every day unto the Lord. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. May God richly bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.